Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Alex Kramer. When we recorded this, I really didn't know anything about him, but I knew that I liked his playing quite a bit, and I perceived him to be a bit of an eccentric. I'll let you be the judge of that. We were unable to come up with an official theme for our jam, but here's a sampling of what you can look forward to in the next hour. We play Isham Monday's Old Time Fire on the Mountain. I have a moment of pride when I successfully make it through a particularly squirrely tune. Alex explores the obstacles of starting your own religion. I make the following cultural references and take their ubiquity for granted. Kristen Wiig, The Transporter Movies, PT Cruisers. And at one point, Alex says the following phrase, Come on, old paint, let's get up this hill. And for some reason, I, I can't stop thinking about it. All that's to say, this one's a real mixtape, musically and conversationally, but it's all good, and I'm glad you get to be a fly on the wall for what is essentially our first of hopefully many hangs. Stick around after the interview to find out how to hear more of Alex's music, how to support Get Up in the Cool, and where to listen to this week's bonus track. Alex Kramer, everybody, enjoy!
Right on. <laughs> Sounds really good. Uh, Alex Kramer. Yeah. Welcome yeah, to the show. Hi. Yeah. Glad you're here. Where Where are we right now? Paint a picture. Oh, a word picture. We are... Well, to paint a picture, okay. That will take a lot. Um, <laughs> if, well, Thousands thou- of thou- words. Thousands of <laughs> words. Well, it's like... if I guess you could do like a six-sided die. Okay. You know, for each each... Like for each visual angle, like the ceiling would be, or the sky would be a picture. So that's six, six thousand words. Okay, <laughs> I'm starting already. <laughs> you can tell I'm I'm really just throwing out as many words as I can. Basically, it's very green here. We're in Pennsylvania on the, at the Brandywine Revival Festival. Yeah. Are you getting bit up right now? I'm not. Um, I'm getting a little bit. I'm. I actually evolved a trait. Um, it's like an epigenetics thing, you know, but basically like, you know, my ancestors decided that um, they were tired of getting bitten by things, so yeah. they just evolved. What is an ep- what is epigenetics? Epigenetics? Well, epigenetics is this thing where... And this is what certain, we're talking about Certain, today. certain <laughs> genes, um, certain uh, genes and traits will get turned on or off based right. on your life, one's life experiences. Like X-Men. Yeah, kind okay. of. <laughs> um, and... Just make sure, and, we're and on then the same that, page. that'll actually get pat those whether the ger- the genes are actually so if it gets turned, turned on, on or off, turned in, on or off in an individual's lifetime, then their children yeah. will. That's why, like, you know, trauma can can get passed from generation to generation as well. But you know, in my case, I just don't get bitten by things because that's awesome. That's yeah, you know, I uh, I'm, just, I'm just a higher evi- evolved <laughs> human. It's great, like Lyme disease, whatever. This is not going to happen for you. Yeah. I'm just, just there's just you know it's not gonna happen. David and De- David Deacon and I just did uh, just did an episode, and uh, there are multiple moments where I think it's you're gonna be able to tell when you're listening to the podcast that we're being <laughs> chewed up. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's part of you know we're far away from everyone else, and we're like in the weeds, so that when cars come, we don't have to move the equipment. But that means that we're yeah. You were definitely in the grass. Yeah. There's a bunch of clover, and then there's like a, a incredibly yeah. still body of water. Yeah, there's bugs. To our right. <laughs> um, and they're, I guess they're theater, theoretically are bugs. For us mere humans, yeah. it's a little difficult to play it. music here. It is really beautiful. Like oh, we're, yeah. We're at that, this, that time of day where the, you know, the sun is like kind of just like, like a slightly darker shade of golden, yeah. but it's still definitely daytime. And there's just like rolling hills of grassy, you know, splendor. It's pretty nice here. I'm really glad that you're talkative because I barely know you at all. And generally the guest has like a theme to the tunes. Is there any theme to your tunes at all? Oh, um, I think that when I originally compiled a list before I like got distracted and forgot Uh what tunes I wanted to play with you, um, there was one. So, um, well, all that's to say, I'm not, I feel very comfortable and I'm not worried about filling up space and I think we're going to find stuff to talk about, which is nice. Uh, no particular theme, unless you can come up with one in the middle of, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. The theme is, the theme will emerge. So that was East Kentucky, Isha Monday's fire on the mountain. Right. Old, old time fire on the mountain. Old time fire on the mountain. Right. Because because there's another fire on the mountain. Yeah, that's also old time, but is also bluegrass. Let's start at the beginning. Why do you play old time music, and when did that start happening for you? 
I play old time music because um, I find it really fun and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I keep coming back to it for sure. Um, because you play other stuff. I do play some other stuff, although as um, once I started playing old time, I, st- I started playing a lot. I, did, I started playing less other stuff. I I really started playing old time music like five or six years ago. Okay, probably six years ago now. Um, in banjo, fact, right? I, no, uh, no fiddle. fiddle. I played banjo already. I played clawhammer banjo, uh, and I had learned a bunch of old time tunes out of a book. But I had still never really played old time music. Yeah. What um, do you mean by that? Well, I guess. I didn't know any f- old-time fiddlers. Yeah. Uh, and I think in order to understand the music, you need to have heard and played with an old-time fiddler. Yeah. Um, and I had there were some kind of New England-style fiddlers okay. at my college, and I used to try and jam with them, which yeah. always felt really awkward, uh-huh. but they just didn't really play any old-time tunes. Was it awkward because Clawhammer can be awkward on playing New England. Yeah. There's a, lot, there, there's a lot of jigs and just the oh, the, yeah. the the tunes tend to just be harder to adapt. Did you learn any jigs on Clawhammer? No. For those of you who aren't Clawhammer banjo players, which very well may be most of you, I don't know what demographic this podcast is going to have, but jigs are basically impossible. <laughs> you have to have a really quick and quick and disciplined right hand. And you have to really want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Jigs are actually... I just learned my first couple of jigs on the fiddle. Because yeah. there's basically no jigs in old time. Yeah. Um, there, with a couple of excep- exceptions. A jig, a jig is like typically in six or nine... Or no, six, eight. Six? Yeah. Uh, only six? Yeah. Jigs are in six, so eight. So it's in group... It's in groupings of three. Uh, and the like... The basic claw hammer stroke is square and it can't really fit with a grouping of three. And there's a way to adapt it, but it's really hard. That's why right. you don't really jig in old-time music. Right. I'll, you know, although I have heard some people say that, like, the jig refers to the kind of dance and that it is possible to, like, have a tune that's in common 4-4 four, four time, square time, or whatever you, you want to call it, and do a jig to it. But Because I, the music would be still playing triplets underneath? I don't really understand what All he right. meant by it. Yeah. But uh, he was, <laughs> you, he, he was you an heard authoritative a person. person. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe maybe I'll ask him next time I see him. All right. I got a little sidetracked. Right. With jigs. So, <laughs> right. So I started playing old time. Five or six years ago. Five or six years ago. Yeah. Six years ago, I met Brad Leftwich. Yeah. He played the fiddle for me while I played banjo. Yeah. Uh, and was that your first time playing with a, an old time fiddler? That was my first time really playing with like a real like old time fiddler. That's a great way to start. I yeah. gotta say, Brad Leftwich <laughs> is like one of the top people. He's kind of a big deal. He's yeah, <laughs> and you know, I said I think I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and he sold me a fiddle for two hundred dollars, um, with a case and a bow, and a out of tune pitch pipe. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> And um, and gave me my first few lessons. Yeah. Um, did you 
you were he's in Indiana, right? He's in Indiana, right? And you, I was there for two weeks for him. Um, how did you run into him? Basically, I had a friend who, uh, my, my friend Terry Dignan, um, I used to play banjo in high school, just like jamming on it, and he liked my music, and he he got a banjo and. Start, and he actually started getting into old time, like real old time before I did, but we were living in totally different areas. And he moved to Indiana, t- to Bloomington, to apprentice basically with Brad. Yeah. Which, you know, young people do. Yeah. Um, and I <laughs> was going to go on a musical tour with a like indie, like chamber pop sure, sure. band <laughs> that I was touring with called The Bear Cubes. Um, that but sounds was, like it's an indie chamber pop band. It's, it was a f- fantastic experience. There were two oboes. I played yeah. banjo. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, um, so I had a couple weeks in the Midwest where I wasn't really doing anything, but I was already in the Midwest, and so I figured, why not just go visit Terry and yeah. and meet this guy Brad and. So I did that, and then all of a sudden I was just in this world where I was just trying to learn fiddle, yeah, and um, square dancing all the time, and and you didn't know how to play violin or anything before that. Uh, I knew how to play things, but I didn't know how to play violin. I play. I grew up playing music. You know, I played a little bit of piano when I was a kid, and then I switched to flute and clarinet in middle school, sure, high school, but um. My sort of string experience was much more like self-taught, yeah. You know, banjo, guitar, kind of stuff. Um, and, but yeah, I'd I'd, t- I'd touched a, a violin before, for sure. But I never really had the opportunity to play one until Brad sold me that one. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a great experience, and I took like you know, traded yard work for lessons. That's great, <laughs> and uh, um, and um, you know had his his wife, um, this great uh, banjo player and ukulele player, um, Linda Higginbotham, would just like talk to me and tell me her opinions on things as I did yard work for them. She just like stand drinking lemonade and talking to you while you're like weeding. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't remember lemonade being involved, but I feel like one time she took, like, she went in, like, the pool or a hot tub or some some kind of something. <laughs> I don't really totally remember. But, um, that was great. Uh, and then I moved I moved to Portland, and there's a great old, old-time scene there. Um, and played with, like, <laughs> didn't really play with that many of, like, the, like, cool young people who uh-huh. were really good at old-time already. Like, I kind of had to, like hang out with like the slow like not very good players for a little while like the old the old guys Who why, are, why is that um i don't know it was, was just, it access or I intimidation think I, or like, i was like maybe a little bit intimidated and um you know it, making friends can be hard if people already have a lot of friends yeah totally um, <laughs> You just moved to Portland. I had just moved yeah. there, right. Um, uh, but I became friends with with some people, for sure. Um, but, you know, I think it's a lot easier to make 
friends if you're already like at a certain level and you're playing. Sure, sure. Then people like want to play with you. Right, right. Um, so that was great. Um, that like eventually I ma- did start making friends <laughs> to play music with. Um, but yeah, so um, it took me a while, but I actually didn't my real like old time fiddle career didn't really take off till I was like I moved to New York City. Um, and and just, that's like, where you've been ever since, right? I've been yeah, I've been there. I've been there ever since. I like you know did some stuff where I like biked across country and lived in like a sort of arts. I worked at like an arts retreat center commune place in Western Massachusetts and had some time to practice. And then went to New York and like made my first like old time friend who wanted to play with me all the time. And that's really what enabled me to like yeah. get good enough to hang. Yeah. Right on. So I I also had a friend who like would just come I would go to his house every week and he would play the tunes really slow and some you know break them down for me just help mm-hmm. me learning the vocabulary and stuff and yeah I think that was really necessary for my confidence before I started going to jams mm-hmm. and uh, yeah started calling tunes and stuff so yeah. let's uh let's play this second tune and then we'll resume, oh my gosh, resume our tune. story. Should we should we talk about what this tune is? Please. This is this next tune is Chadwell Station, yeah. which is um, a tune from the Hamblin collection of old time of uh, American fiddle tunes popular in the early 1800s. It's written down, so there aren't really like any old sources for this other than the manuscript, but. Um, Kind of came in the Hamlin tunes. I think kind of came into fashion a few couple years ago, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, and Foghorn actually recorded this tune. Yeah. Um, and I do it. I play it fairly differently. Uh huh. I than they do, but um, you're really allowed to do that with a tune that doesn't have like a recorded source for it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna tell you that you're not doing it right. Yeah. Unless they're just, you know, being critical and mean, which, you know, is fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chadwell, Chadwell Station. And this tune is... Uh, We're also playing in a different key than yeah. is usually played in. And it's chock full of squirrels. Yeah. It's, like, made of squirrels. It's squirrely. Yeah, it's definitely squirrely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. 
yeah, there you go. Man, uh... Hunting them squirrels. Catching them. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I think that was important for my, uh... For my ego that I learned how to play that. <laughs> in, in, in one sitting, like, right before we played this. That was really hard. That was really hard. <laughs> I'm really happy that I made it through that. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a... Yeah. It's definitely like a squiggly kind of tune. The yeah. first, I, I remember the first time I heard it. Uh, this I think it was from Christina, um, who lives in Cleveland, Ohio. If you're ever in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you learn like a tune that has like a new sort of rhythmic mm-hmm. vocabulary like that, I feel like it's sort of... Yeah, it just sort of opened me up. And now mm-hmm. I feel like if I run into that again... Yeah, gonna, similar similar kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to be able to do it. And that's mm-hmm. like that's exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Chadwell Station. Chadwell Station. Yeah. It's, um, you, know, you know who else recorded it? I think Christian Wig recorded it. He like put out like an album called like Fiddling on the Old Frontier or something. It's a little distracting for me that... Uh, Someone, an all-time musician's name is Christian Wig. Sounds like Kristen Wig, like the SNL. Oh, person. who's that? You know SNL. Like a couple of years ago, she, she's like one of the new Ghostbusters. Kristen okay, Wig. I think I think I can. I think I might know who you're talking about. Is she like? Does she kind of like talk nasally sometimes when she does impressions of people? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's a weird tangent to make, but. <laughs> Christian Christian Wig is an old-time musician. I think so. That yeah. I don't know about. Okay, great. He's around at Clip Top. He's got long hair. Oh, try oh. to track him down. Great. O- older gentleman. Um, what were we talking about? Your journey into old-time music. Oh yeah. Where did we leave off? New York. New York, right? I moved to New York. Yeah. Made made friends with um this great guy Eli Hedko. Uh, banjo guitar player, and we just started playing all the time and busking and. You just like get better if you do that a lot. And also, yeah. I'd go to the Lowland session and get to play with great fiddlers like Nick Stillman and um, Steph- Stephanie Coleman, and uh, Luke Luke Richardson was around for a few years. Um, it was great. Um, definitely learned a lot um, from all the different people. Do you just play music now for a living? Is that um, your profession? Well, I've done a lot of different things in addition to music. So okay. I've done teaching, um, teaching, teaching music, okay, and like in big groups of to groups of children mostly. Great. Um, and I call square dances. Awesome. Um, yeah, I and, I got to witness that at oh, Black yeah. Creek. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have. Ask someone to step in for me on banjo so that I could have danced. Oh, I should have yeah. just done that. Yeah, who needs a banjo player at a square dance anyway? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, yeah, and I, so I've I've done those things, and then also, I, I this win this winter I did a stint with like the, you know, as like a bureaucrat in the government, like on a contract, which was like really fun. Doing what? Like evaluating proposals for funding for like pre-K 
Wait, for all. Do you have like? Do you have a degree? I have a degree. What is your degree? I have several degrees. All right. Um, what so are I, they? I have a BA in religion. Okay. I, I min- I'm with a dance minor. Um, Wait, and, what is what is having a BA in religion mean? It just means like having a regular college degree in. Uh, Religion and religious studies, like religion in general? Yeah, religion in general. Did you have, like, a focus? Um, yeah, I kind of focused on two things, but really just one. Uh, I think officially, according to the college, my focus was, like, religion in America. Yeah. And But if you asked me, like, what I was really focusing on in general was uh, mystical traditions of in religion, so I studied... American you know, mystical tra- traditions? Um, if I had had more time... And resources to yeah. uh, to spend, I would that would have been the direction that I probably went with it. But um, instead, I it was kind of more like Sufism and yeah. um, Jewish mysticism. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot about Sufism, but did you like get into that from like reading Rumi and Hafiz or something um, or some other way or like? Yeah, they, there was a seminar that was taught. Yeah. On Sufism, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of Rumi and Hafiz, but also, um, but also, you know, like dervishes and a little bit into like Kowali music and just like general theories of what, what Islamic mysticism is about and what it's, what it's there for. I guess when I think of like someone getting like a, like a theology degree or something, Mm -hmm. it's typically because... Like a lot of people, it's because they're or um, well, not theology degree. What am I thinking of? They want to get their um, like what's the word I'm looking for? Divinity. Yeah, uh, like M, like M, masters in, in divinity. Yeah, something like that. It's because they want to like practice like being a a priest or a something. Priest or a preacher. Yeah. Or well, start I think a church. I think when I was like a lot younger, like a teenager, yeah. I was definitely like. I was like, man, I'm just going to start my own religion. It's going to be great. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I read um, Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. I don't know that. It's like a book about this. It's like this guy from Mars comes to Earth. Yeah. Um, He's human, but he was raised on Mars by Martians. Yeah. Comes back to Earth and, like, you know, has, like, you know, is totally weak and needs to be taken care of. And then all of a sudden it turns out that he, like, has magical powers. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he like starts like a cult, <laughs> and, then, and there's like there's like free love and and you're like this is this unlimited is what, money and this everybody's is what I want and I was like oh yeah I'm totally gonna do that like that's that's <laughs> what I'm about I'm gonna start a I'm gonna start a religion yeah because um, I have I have ideas about things <laughs> yeah did you start a religion I didn't or I haven't yet maybe I maybe I should yeah that would, that you know it's still still a possibility but yeah. i'm not really super I can, culty i can plug that in the in the outro when i record it later right, great um, <laughs> if you've by the time i release this if you've okay cool. got your tracks together <laughs> yeah well you know um i'm not like a super culty personality you know i kind of have too much respect for other people i think sure good <laughs> <laughs> um but uh if i was just like a little bit more of a sociopath i think it'd be great yeah um <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I basically chose that path because I thought it was interesting and it was like the first class that I got an A in <laughs> in college. <laughs> um, so you were undeclared. 
got an A in religion, you're like, yes. Yeah, that was the one. All right, great. Um, And you minored in dance. I minored in dance. I probably should have been a dance major. Yeah. uh, But I just had a harder time getting along with dance professors consistently than... Why? um, You know, just like authority figures in general. Maybe there was an issue there that like more of my personality would come out in a dance class. Sure. I like found it difficult not to like challenge everything that was said. Did you study dance as a child? I did not, but I was like I did martial arts a little bit. Okay. So there's a lot of there's a lot of dance I, analogs in there. Yeah, I'm a phys- yeah. I'm, I was already a physical person. Yeah. Um so I got a dance minor. Um All right, so that's major and minor. That's degree number 1. Right. And then <laughs> the second degree was a master's in education. Okay. So that explains why you're got got hired to Yes. Approve pre K what? Yeah, pre K for all sites in Pre K for all sites. Okay, yeah, in New York great, City. Great. Um which was a really fun job, actually. Aside from like the you know, reading terribly written proposals. Oh sure. With like full of <laughs> just like blatant plagiarism. <laughs> um but um so I did that and more recently I've been doing uh bicycle deliveries. Okay. Um, which actually pays pretty well in New York if you like know right. how to schedule schedule yourself right. And it's great because you can just go and do it whenever you want. Yeah. So you so if I want to like go to a festival, I just don't I just like don't turn on my like, you know, yeah, yeah. my app. It's great. That lets me Is there like an Uber kind of situation? It's an Uber bike? situation. Yeah. For bicycle. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a little bit, definitely feels like a little bit dangerous sometimes, uh-huh. but I, I try and be careful. Um, I'm used to biking in, in New York City because I'm from there. And it definitely feels a little bit degrading at times. Okay. Do you ever have to deliver a package that's like to a seedy place? No. Okay. No, no, no. The people, these are like... Are you are you transporter? <laughs> I, I don't know what transporter is. Oh, this is a Jason Jason Statham okay <laughs> movie. It's it's you know it's a it's an okay it's an okay job. It pays well, and I really what I really appreciate about it is the physicality. Yeah, it's like I'm a physical person. Like that's part of why I was drawn to dance. Yeah, um, is because like it feels good for me to be like exercising all the time. Yeah. And to be like, you know, hopping up on my bike and, you know, locking it to things and, you know, picking things up and balancing them and stuff like that. Yeah. It's not exactly the most sustainable career choice. Right. Um, and a good friend of mine is trying to convince me to learn computer programming. Ooh, that's anti-physical. It is definitely the opposite side. It's, yeah. That's... I don't know. I'm sort of in, honestly, I, I'm sort of in flux and I kind of view like old time music and music in general as a sort of just like general anti-capitalist behavior like there's nothing that will like decrease your like capitalist output more than old time music oh yeah like if (laughs) if you want if you want like if you want some like downward mobility like embrace this stuff and like you'll have something to do all the time that'll be really fun we'll encourage you to like downward drink (laughs) Drink hard liquor and yeah. like, you know, 
maybe like do other drugs. People don't do too many other drugs at these festivals, but um, you know, it's something that I think increases one's happiness. Yeah, a lot. And then you once you start to realize that like your happiness is like connected in like an inverse relationship <laughs> to like you know acquiring yeah to like acquiring wealth or whatever yeah um you rapidly lose a lot of motivation <laughs> <laughs> to like you know work in a way that would decrease your happiness yeah um so yeah that's that's what i'm doing i feel like there's seeds in there for a new religion like that would be legit. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, it's just one, one, pro- another problem of being, you know, of um, you know, respecting a lot of people. Yeah, is that um, I think that like I'm I tend to surround myself with other people who like have self-respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thus like aren't really joiners. So like, who are you gonna yeah, get yeah, to yeah, join yeah, your yeah. religion other than your friends? <laughs> right. You know, um, but yeah, you know, maybe I'll, maybe it'll be like a secret religion. And then like, after I die, like yeah, somebody will get their hands on like the manuscript or something. Right, yeah. and it'll be like classic and then I'll like reinterpret and eventually it'll just be like another form of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, operating only in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a step. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's. Let's go to G real quick. Okay. What are we playing yeah, in G? Real quick. Real quick. Coal Harbor Bend. Mm-hmm. Not. Don't even Col- say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna ruin. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every, every time that you reinforce that pathway in your mind. Yeah. It's just gonna get worse. You know. It's not something else that I've been saying. It's not a different title that I've been saying mistakenly. It's Coal Harbor Bend. That's it. Here it is.
Yes. <laughs> there were some licks in there that I was really vibing on. You were playing. I was like, Oh, thank you. That banjo stuff. Nice banjo work. Some of that was intentional, and some of it was playing the wrong thing. Oh. <laughs> or playing not, but playing playing not the notes because I forgot them. <laughs> Well, you know, That's how banjo works. That is how banjo works. It's, it's a, it, it can be a stress-free instrument if you let it be. Yeah. You're, you're under no obligation to play anything right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good reminder. I enjoy the I enjoy the stress of it a little bit. <laughs> that that you could put it put on it. Yeah. Well, are you gonna start playing fiddle then? I have started playing uh, fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. Good. If you want some real stress. Yeah, man. Stressful it's stressful. It's hard. <laughs> Especially because I, I like I have all the, it's like I know the tunes, I know where all the notes are. Mm -hmm. I have like the musical, I mean I have the musicality necessary. Uh huh. But using a bow, I've never done anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty weird, pretty weird technology. I'd say. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, I've the only, I mean, I've played, I've sung a lot, and I've played tuba. Tuba. But those are the only instruments that I've had like sustain. But like I never had, you know, the bow can like kind of go forever. And right. that's if nuts. you're really good, it can go forever. I can't make it go forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm like playing harmonics, which is I really have really enjoy that. It's kind of funny that like, and I'm not the only person who, you know, likes both old time music and like weird like sound art. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> like contemporary <laughs> classical kinds of stuff but like yeah the bow is really nice for that because it's just yeah. like can bring out all these totally weird sounds that yeah. like you wouldn't associate with like folk music really. yeah yeah it's it's weird all my instruments have been hitting instruments mm. and even voice is like a it's like a pushing instrument this is like all all my musicality has been very like uh, forceful and violent mm -hmm. but like the bow is you're pulling the notes out, you know, mm -hmm. or sort of like, or I guess you're pushing them if you're going up, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a, it's like a coaxing gentle. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, it depends how, you know, what, what kind of player you are. Yeah. I think I'm sort of more of an aggressive. You're a pretty aggressive <laughs> player. And you know, I'm just like trying to get the thing to make a sound. And sometimes yeah. it just gives me such a hard time about it. And I just uh -huh. lean into it, you know, <laughs> it's like, come on, old paint. Let's get up this hill. <laughs> you know? uh, speaking of which, I I drive a PT Cruiser. What's and that? It's like a, it's like a. <laughs> you can tell I'm from New York. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's a car that like was invented a while ago to kind of like look like an old timey car, but not. Okay. It's sort of like a weird, half hearted like attempt at nostalgia uh -huh. and a bunch of people bought into it including my parents who bought mm -hmm. this for me okay anyway i've since grown endeared to to my pt cruiser which i call pete i tried to drive him up that hill mm -hmm. and uh it totally failed wasn't happening uh let's uh let's go straight into the, these other tunes yeah let's okay. go to d d I was actually in a little. I did. I did a little rep recording project with um, Peter Stamfel and a bunch of other pe people in New York. And it was Peter Stamfel, and he's of the Holy Little Rounders and the Fugs and stuff. He's sort of like an old cult figure. Yeah. Um, and it was Peter Stamfel 
and the Brooklyn and Lower Manhattan Banjo Squadron. And it was just like so many banjos all on one record. And it's like, he's got these tunes and they're these beautiful tunes, but like, they're never really like, there's not really like one way of playing them right, Mm -hmm. you know? And he never plays them the same way twice, really. So, and he was always like encouraging us, like improvise. It sounds kind of cool in a way. And the, the album artwork is, like, exceptionally cool. All right. Yeah. What's the name of it again? Peter Sample and the Brooklyn and Lower Manhattan Banjo Squadron. All right. <laughs> Great. Oh, the, the album name album name is um, Better Than Expected. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about right. Uh... We're we're moving into originals territory. Oh my gosh! I just started writing these tunes. Yeah, and I've I write songs. Um, I do write songs sometimes. Um, I want to hear some of your songs. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, they're mostly up on Bandcamp, and some are on Spotify, depending Great. on which band. I'll get the details on how to like what you want to plug and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll put it in the thing. Uh, and. But I, I started. I finally started writing tunes that I was like tunes, like fiddle tunes that I was happy with. Uh, I don't know. Just six months ago, I just like found some tunes. Yeah. You know. Uh, and I decided, oh, that's a good tune. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start playing that. And like that's what you know. That's what Benton Flippin did. That's what you know. Rich Hartness does. And I mean, all these tunes are written by somebody. And like. Right. Yeah, I'd been kind of talking to people about northern old time, what it means to be like a Yankee old time yeah, yeah, musician. Yeah. Um, and so these are northern tunes. Sure. You know? So why not? Yeah. Um Uh you wanna do that that uh waiting for Greeley? Is that what it's called? Oh the no, no stand at Greeley. No stand at Greeley. No stand at Greeley. Sorry, I forgot it. <laughs> The story is doesn't yeah. involve a lot of waiting behind that tune, but um, Colorado Greeley? No, no, like Greeley, Greeley Square, Greeley Square. I don't know where that is. Uh, you know where Macy's is in Manhattan? Uh, no, I actually don't. You know, have you ever been to Man? You've been to Man? You've been to Midtown Manhattan, right? Yeah, I just don't remember specifically where Macy's is. It's sort of like near like Koreatown, near like Penn Station, near the Empire yeah, State yeah, Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah that general region yeah yeah so like really the heart of it yeah <laughs> um i was just sitting there you know having F- a did you have your fiddle with had you? my fiddle with me yeah great and um took it out and started to play and wrote this tune and somebody just gave me five dollars and i was like thank you yeah i just made that up <laughs> oh right Thank you. 
Yeah. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. Yeah, that one's a little Thanks. little bit uh, unwieldy for yeah. for people that are playing it for the first time. Well, maybe or now that times. there's a, rec- a source recording, <laughs> people will learn it and start yeah, playing maybe. it. No stand at Greeley. No stand at Greeley. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's that's it feels really good to play. Good. Once yeah, once you get the trick of it, it's mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, it just it feels good. Mm-hmm. It starts to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's a perfectly sensible tune, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's play let's play your last tune and okay. uh this will this will be the end. Thanks so much for being on the show, Alex. <laughs> It's, thanks, thanks for having it's me. It's delightful. I was, I'm always like concerned when there's there's a show when there's less preparation, mm-hmm. and I quickly was not worried at all as soon as we started <laughs> playing. And yeah, it was really fun. Let's play this last tune. Great. Uh, also original. No yeah. title. Yeah, this one's untitled uh, at the moment. Yeah. Debating whether to name it after a person. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> You know who you are. No, she no, doesn't. You know. No, she doesn't. <laughs> um, you know. But, you know, it's a nice tune. What would this person have to do in order to get this title, this tune named after them? I don't know. You know? It's just like... It's really... Really, the thing is that, like, naming it after this person is literally an afterthought because I didn't even know the, didn't even know them when I wrote the tune. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's probably got to have a different, you can't can't name it after a person (laughs) unless you really have the person in mind when you're writing it, I think. Maybe. I heard that Fur Elise, you're familiar with Fur Elise? Yeah. Uh, was, was Fur someone else. Oh, really? And then some... I, this may be apocryphal, but I heard that it was for someone else and like Beethoven or was like drunk or something when he like wrote on the final manuscript or whatever. And he wrote for Elise instead of this other person. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All right. Let's play the tune. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> now I'm just like thinking about what would have to happen for this person to get a tune in after <laughs> Something that. really good or something really bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too sweet of a tune for it to be bad. <laughs> it would be a different tune, I think. It would be a different tune.
Alex ended up naming that tune Hungry Maggie, which I think is perfect. If you want to hear more of Alex's music, check out his new album at 5milestringband.bandcamp.com. I linked it in this episode's description. And if you're in New York, why don't you check them out at the Jalopy Tavern this Sunday, the 18th at 10 p.m. Also, Alex is calling a square dance this Friday the 16th at the Ethical Culture Society in Park Slope from 8 to 10.30. So, basically every time I've seen Alex since we recorded this, I demand that we play No Stand at Greeley. Because I think a lot about it, and I don't just mean it gets stuck in my head, I think about the way it feels to play, and I think about that B part that feels crooked, but isn't. It's just sort of occupied me, but I can't fiddle it well enough to teach it to others, and only my closest old-time friends will endure learning a tune from a banjo. Anyway, I wasn't surprised at all when it won Best Original Tune at Clifftop this year. Great work, Alex. I really do think that tune's going to spread like wildfire. Special thanks to Gary Anderson for financially supporting Get Up In The Cool. Gary is quickly becoming one of my favorite people to hang with at these festivals. He helped me set up camp for like an hour at Clifftop. He fed me bacon tacos at Rockbridge. He's like the perfect old-time guitarist and a hell of a fiddler, and to top it all off, he just slipped me a little stack of bills for Get Up In The Cool. Now, I like Patreon because it's subscription-based, digital, and automated, and etc., but if you like to keep it old school, like Gary, let me know and I'll give you my mailing address. This keeps coming up, and I certainly don't want to discourage people from supporting the show in the way that's comfortable to them, especially when every dollar helps. Thanks for supporting Get Up in the Cool, Gary. It really does mean a lot. If you do decide to support the show on Patreon, you can get access to weekly bonus tracks. This week's track is aptly titled, I'm Looking for Money. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click on the button that says Patreon, or click on the link in this episode's description. Alright, thanks for stopping by, friends. See you same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool.